0: we're living in, in in great days. You are the generation. Um, we're going into a series called extraordinary. Say extraordinary. We're we we're, we're going into days, and we're actually living in days where we got we gotta, you know, we gotta believe the extraordinary in our own lives. Uh, sorry, guys, you miss the you miss the time zone of living in Pleasantsville with your wife with an apron and um, cooking. Uh, apple pies and dad going to work and sorry guys that those days are over it's two wages now that make a a household work and um, you know so I'm just trying to share something I mean I'm trying to admonish you that so admonish means warning and encouragement that these days you got to be so on fire for God so in tune with God so in touch with your purpose and Destiny and God, and you need to be on. You need to have real faith, not historical faith, not just personal faith, but you need dynamic faith. I'm going to talk about that if I can. And I'm going to, uh, man, I've just got so much to preach from, And, uh, and a lot of this stuff is personal to me because I too was just a nice Christian. We were just a nice family attending church in the '80s. And in the early 90s, move of God came along and we got upended. We got upended. Just our spiritual boat put us in the water. And I believe, in fact, that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God actually does that. It brings you to the brink to get you into the deep end. And, and I don't know why you don't read your Bibles. And I don't know why you don't allow the Holy Spirit to take you further into God. But you might, you might think it's too risky there. But I think it's the only way to live your life is, is to... Allow yourself to go into the very calling that you were born to live and into the extraordinary life that you were born to live. I don't believe God wants you to live an ordinary life. Is that cool? I believe He wants to... There's so much more to your life. And and young people, you're going to be... As you buy into this Christian stuff, as you buy into God and as you sign off on the the Spirit-filled life, Uh, I'm not talking about a religious life, but the Spirit-filled life. That draws you into into the deep things of God and draws you closer to the to the purposes and plans of God. Is that good artwork i 've seen people glance at it isn 't it great? We could just stop right there um, <laughs> we I think these days demand it. I think these days demand you to be living the extraordinary life. say extraordinary the, God wants you to take you out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. Amen. Holy Ghost, help me tonight because I've got a lot to say and I just want to crunch it. And, and uh, I don't want to be too serious, but I, 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 I want to I just excite you for this message. So what I'm preaching from is a bit personal to me because as I said we were just living the nice life, loved God and attended church all the time and raising a family. In the early 90s, the move of God upended us and we began our journey into our high calling. Say high calling. Our high calling was serving God, we found out. It was seeking the kingdom and His righteousness. And then all these things would you know, begin to unfold in our life. And I found that to be true. When I started to seek the kingdom, as it says in Matthew 6, 633. All of a sudden, I got more friends. I got more life. I got more opportunity. I found myself in places where I never would have found myself in, speaking to important people and less important people, but speaking to, you know, in in situations where I could speak into the local council. Every Wednesday, I'd go up there and open the council meeting in prayer. And so that all happened out of answering the, the calling in my life. And for me, my heart as a pastor is to see you live an extraordinary life. Yeah. You know, Andrew could have been satisfied with peddling around Forrester's Beach, but he wants to pedal out to Armadale and, and pick up the tour from Sydney. C3 uh, got a tour happening at a thousand Ks. We can sponsor him for a dollar a K. He wants to do that. It's all going into the building fund. Amen. And Andrew said, look, I could just pedal around here. But Andrew wants to do the extraordinary thing. And I've known for a fact that he's paddled, paddled on his surfboard from Farries to Terrigal on his board with his dog. <laughs> Avoca, Avoca. See, something inbuilt in every one of us that wants to be extraordinary. Yeah. Are you like me or what? Yeah. Everyone, you know, that's why we watch Batman. That's why we watch Superman. Ah, oh, Superman's all hat now. I watched um, The Green Hornet the other night crazy but but we aspire to superhero-ness I love the movie Mr. and Mrs. Incredible the Incredibles I love that thing they were most happy when they were serving through their gift weren't they not is that right and didn't dad get cranky man he got unfit and you know he got sloppy and cranky and and Mum got narky, and the kids got you know and they you know they got bratty and And I love that movie. It tells me a lot about when you serve God and serve God in the purposes and the giftedness that God has for you, you are most happy. Am I speaking to the right people? You know what I mean? When you you say, God, I'm here. I I see what you're trying to do across the planet. I, I will avail myself. I think that's the best day in your life. And I think that's where your real life is. Your real life is living the extraordinary life of bringing the kingdom to pass on this planet, building the church, saving souls. Eighth Save Friday night, guys. The youth team, well done. That's awesome. You're just, you're just awesome. You're just fantastic. John 10.10 10 says, the abundant life, does it not? The enemy comes to lie, cheat and destroy, he comes to down, dumb down God, but dumb down your life, dumb you down, dumb you down. The devil tries to do that, and he's got ways to do that, we get crippled emotionally and, and other other things happen to us on on in our growing up, but then God comes along, we get saved. Zozo life happens, we get forgiven, but then we get healed in our emotions and then we can laugh. And we can You know, I know when Julie had a big breakthrough in her life, she said, take me to those swings over there. I said, the park, you want me to pull over? Yeah, take me there, man. I'm tired of being inhibited all these years. And so we pulled over at the park. She got out. She's 40 years of age, of course, about 40. Up the slippery dip. She went down. She went once. Down. She went down twice, three times. She said, no, I always wanted to do that, you know, because I got ripped off as a kid. Uh, got intimidated so shy and so you know downtrodden and rejected whatever and so that was one of her great moments was not it bought you a push bike is that right is that what was rusting out the back yeah so you know. <laughs> i don't know There's this great guy called John Bevere. He says, I see a generation comprised of all ages, inclusive of men and women, awakening to the extraordinary qualities of the the hiddenness within them. The power to accomplish remarkable feats that live and live an exceptional life uh, defined by your calling and your purpose in God. And it doesn't matter. He says, it doesn't matter about your family, your education, your occupation. It's a disposition of the heart. Say disposition of the heart. It's your heart. If it's for God, if it's committed to God, if it trusts God, look out, you're, you're, you're going to get upsized. And I'm not talking about a Big Mac thing happening. I'm, I'm talking about your life being reinvented and transformed to be a person of influence and a carrier of good news. Someone that when they stand in a room, they change the atmosphere. Someone, when they, when they rent their house in that suburb or buy a house in that suburb, that, that city is under assault from the heavens because you are a praying, spirit-filled believer. Amen. And that's what happened for a while. When the old fields moved in there in 87, oh my God, the witches said the old fields have moved in. Oh no, what are we going to do? I hope they're not those praying, spirit-filled people. We, 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 and you know what happened three years after we moved in, the witches moved out and they bought a house in a suburb I will not mention due to we were being recorded. But the, the principal of Wyom High School used to say to the students, "Don't go up to Chapman Hill." Because there's pentagrams up there and there's burnt wax over the rocks where they stand there at the night and hoot and holler and cuss out wyong and, and, and they w- wax dripping. And you, and we used to go up there. So we used to go up there. We said, blow that, man. We're going up there. We're going up there." Six o'clock in the morning. Every Tuesday, every morning, we would go up there and pray down fire. And we would see their wax there, burnt here, burnt there. And we'd just stand amongst that stuff and we, Jesus... Come, bless, eradicate, push back in Jesus' name because glory is coming, His good news is coming, His churches are rising, and the old fields are here. Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, it was on steroids. And I tell you what, things started to shift, things started to happen. And we saw that school while I'm high school changed I'm completely off my message now. But I'm just so pent up with this passion. If I could only get one thing through to you, that you, my friend, are not born to live an ordinary, domesticated life. I had a domestic whippersnipper. And I used to try and whippersnip my yard. It's quite a big yard. And I tell you what, I give that thing a cane and a conked out and I took it once to get repaired, twice to get repaired, three times again, get... And then I looked in his garage on Friday night and I looked at this straight shaft, 31cc whippersnapper MT and I said, what are you doing with that? He said, I don't know. Someone, my dad gave it to me, it just sitsy. I don't even, we don't even have to look after the yards. And he said to me, you can take it, you can have it. I said, give me a break. This is what I always wanted. So I took that thing home. I never do any work on a Saturday. I'm always in the Word praying, but I'm just looking at that whippersnapper in the garage. I said, Julie, I've been in the Word all day, but I just got to have a one hour fix of this whippersnapper. Man, I tore that yard up. (laughs) The other thing was this. See, a domestic life, a domestic whippersnapper will not do if you've got a big life, and my yard's a big yard, and it needed a commercial grade whippersnapper. The one that he had laying in his garage. Isn't is cr- isn't that stupid? I've got the domestic one, and I'm burning that thing out. He's got the the big hero whippersnapper, in it, and it's just sitting there going, "Someone use me, please." Go <laughs> And then my my lawnmower it was the other thing. It used to fluctuate. <laughs> It's a great lawnmower. It's a great lawnmower. Uh, I spent a lot of money on it, but you know the maintenance has gone awry, and and, and for months. I, look, it could be even about a year. And so, three houses down, this guy's an expert of lawnmowers and stuff. He pulls me up and says, "Your lawnmower." I said, "What do you mean, my lawnmower?" He said, "Your lawnmower is is sick. Let me let me fix it up for you." I said, "Wow. Okay. Yeah. That'd be that'd be great." So he took it, and I get it back, and man. It's it just perfect. And I, and I thought about that too. And I thought, we are born body, soul, and spirit. We are born to operate on all three cylinders. Body, soul, mind, will, emotions, and spirit. I don't know if you understand, but when a car is missing... In the old days, our cars, the spark plugs, whatever. The, the, the If it wasn't running on all fours, you heard of that saying? I'm losing people because cars don't do this much anymore. But if your cars don't run on all cylinders, there's hardly any takeoff. And it uses more fuel. And it just doesn't run as good. I believe, I honestly believe in these days, we need to be running on all cylinders. Something happened for me in the early 90s when the move of God came. When the Holy Spirit came upon my life, that I began to run on all cylinders: body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. And in that, I started to realize, in that I started to become optimized and 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 be able to believe for the bigger life. And the bigger life was answering. My calling and our calling. I could not have done it running on two cylinders on my body and soul. My soul is, you know, rational and uh, it's safe. And it's even, you know, it, it's selfish, and greedy. and. But my spirit, your spirit within you is what communes with God. Your spirit communes with God and when you were saved Craig your spirit came alive to God the Bible says in Ephesians that your spirit was dead it could not know God until you by faith met with the gift of God grace and then pow your spirit came alive and this happened. Okay, I might get one scripture. Thanks, Tim. I might use that one in 1 Corinthians two nine from the very start. And this is for someone in the house. And I'm nearly done. This is what I'm saying to you. Embrace the divine empowerment. That's how this church was birthed. was through the old fields. Embracing divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't birthed out of good intentions. It wasn't birthed out of some knowledge in God. It was birthed by this influential, wonderful, powerful Holy Spirit that suggested that we could live an extraordinary life. My soul was doing backflips. My, my soul was, was just like, kidding? you kidding? kidding? What? You, you're going to leave work. You've you got a 10-year plan. You're halfway through it. And when God spoke to me, he said, no, I want you to go to Bible college. Who, who's at Bible college right now? I want you to go to Bible college. I tell you what, when I resigned from my job and sat on my rocking chair, I don't know, someone gave us a rocking chair for a wedding present. Anyway, I was sat in my rocking chair, whittling, my, no, I didn't. <laughs> sat on the rocking chair in the front row. And I sat there and I just started to weep as the relief of answering my calling. My soul was fuming. My spirit was rejoicing. Praise God. This is a victorious day for Phil Oldfield. And I sat in that rocking chair on that lazy afternoon and I began to cry. But this weight, this, um, I guess, false faithfulness to all this other stuff, lifted off me and I became free money had me bound I had a plan to pay my house off I had a plan to have this money I had a plan I had a plan in my mind in my soul I had a plan in my emotions I had a plan that would drive me and then I had to relinquish that and say God you are supreme I trust you I acknowledge you you're the Lord of my life when I did that guys I tell you what, it was one of the most relieving, life-giving... It was like I was released from jail. But hang on, God, I was living a good life. Home, couple of kids, job, gainfully employed. know <laughs> but, but now, I've got no job. Huh? Uh, and I don't know where my dollar's coming from, but I, I just had this sense of... Garth, I just had this sense... God, I believe in you. I believe in you. Okay, I'm done. My life is a journey of faith. I had an encounter with God in the early 90s. Um, This is what I believe about faith. You can have historical faith. You can believe Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended to heaven. You could even know him, even fear him, and even pray pray to him. But... You're still not sure of your salvation. There's probably people that even come to this church. They come to this church, their parents bring them, Will you even come. You have historical faith of Jesus. You have historical, say historical faith. There's others that have personal faith. You believe Jesus was, is, uh, died on the cross, uh, rose on the third day, ascended to heaven. You, you believe that uh, you gave your life to him. And when you did, the Holy Spirit came in and regenerated your spirit. You are born again. You pray. You know you have intimacy with God. You have deep assurance in God. Uh, you're doing well. But then, hi, Claire. Then, <laughs> I haven't said hi to her yet. She's one of our uh, old Cross Roadians, aren't you? Go right back then this is what happened for me. Then this is what happened, can happen for you. You can, you can have historical faith in God. That's great. You can have personal faith in God. That's good. you will get to heaven. You'll do some great stuff. But then you can have dynamic faith. Then you can have dynamic faith, which means that you trust God explicitly, that you would do what I did, resign from my job, go to Bible college, and believe God is going to provide for me that you believe in the promises of God, that you believe in the promises of God, that you believe that He cares for you, that He loves you, that He's got you in the palm of His hand and He's just going to look after you and lead you and He wants the best for you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to guide you, lead you. He has wonderful plans for you. He says to you through the Scriptures, in fact, don't worry about tomorrow, for today has enough worries of its own. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about what, what, where that, that, that thing's going to come from. But I will look after you. And it goes on to say, and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's a radical lifestyle that is a radical lifestyle. This scripture 1 Corinthians two nine says, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. and we, we could think that that may be for heaven, maybe for glory, but in fact it's for now. let's verse 10, but we know these things because God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that illuminates these things that you haven't imagined, you haven't seen, you haven't heard. It's the Holy Spirit that illuminated this church to us and our callings to us. It's the Holy Spirit that illuminated our incredible life. Our, as it says, extraordinary life. Now, Paul, as we know, wrote most of the Bible... He was one that could actually see God's will and see everything that God had for humankind, mankind. And he could see the church being birthed. He could see the people being filled with the Spirit. He could see the people being empowered with gifts and anointing to do the great work of God. And he tells us about it in the New Testament. Is that not right? Paul could actually see what mind hadn't even entertained, what what ear hadn't heard, what eyes hadn't seen. Paul could. Paul had a glimpse into glory and said, My God, these are the plans for planet Earth. These are the plans for the future through the new covenant, through the New Testament church. These are the plans. I could be, shh, shh, I, I, my God, this is, this is awesome. And this is what his mandate was. And I'm nearly done. Uh, Ephesians 3 9. My task is to bring out into open. And make known what God who created all this in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through believers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches. This extraordinary plan, say extraordinary plan, of God. Is that what it says up there? Is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. I believe this, God the Father would love you to answer his calling. There's nothing more you can do for God for him to love you more. But I honestly believe you can please him. And I honestly believe you can give him pleasure by answering the calling in your life and doing his will and and just abiding in him. I honestly believe that. It gives a father pleasure to see their children doing well. You're building... Dan, there he is. There's my boy. Playing. Good on you, Dan. I know you're not perfect, but you're in my house. And you're building my house. And you're you're leading my people to the throne room of my grace. Go, Dan. You give me pleasure when I look down upon you. And I believe he's saying that for each one of us. Garth, you're doing well. 88 young souls in this house on friday night eight was saved garth you give me pleasure i'm proud of you i believe that's god he loves everyone i mean he loves he loves the drunk down the road he loves the the cream but god does have pleasure in us when we answer our calling and do his bidding and find our joy in serving him let's all stand god bless you And I just like to think that the angels are talking about C3 Tugra. Oh, just see what happened tonight. Jilly was so wonderful. She led them to the Father. The people came and they were blessed. Father God, we just just close your eyes right now. Father God. We're living on this planet in days of glory days of turbulence days of great change but god you have an incredible life for each and every one of us you have an extraordinary life for each and every one of us lord as we trust you more as we believe you more and as we take you to heart more and as we study your word and abide in your spirit We believe that, Lord God, you are drawing us to the edge of going deeper in you, to walking after you, to doing your bidding, to to ministering with our giftedness. Wherever we are, God, Lord, help me not be contained and live a mundane, ordinary existence. You're too good for that, God. Your life was spent for mine. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you, God, that by the spirit that's within me, that, Lord, I can live a life with fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Lord, Lord, I have this obligation, this moral obligation, Lord God, to, to live as, as, as an ambassador, as a shining example of what salvation means. Let my friends see it. Let, my, let my, my family see it. God, I just thank you for these days. I thank you that you allowed me to live in these days where I will live an extraordinary life for your name's sake. Jesus, right now, I anoint every single person here. And I bless them in the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray this, and I know this for a fact. There are people in this church, there are people here that will be transformed the same way that my family was transformed, that I was transformed from living a nice life to living a power-packed, life-giving, energetic, spirit-filled, born-again, on fire making a difference life. God, I just pray for every young person here. I pray for all the generations that are here right now that we would collaborate, that we would join together. And bring your will to pass in the schools, in the marketplace, in the, in, in the central coast, Lord God. That this church would not be just a plain Jane church. That this church would be a church that angels talk about. And say, my God, did you see what happened on Sunday down at C3? My God, they're still getting saved. They're being healed and transformed. And they're being, Lord, set ablaze in their calling. That we wouldn't just be a Sunday church that we would be a 24-7 people of God living in your presence, dear God, on fire for you, anointed for you. But Lord God, I know in due time you will demand more of us in helping the plight of this planet and our friends who are ailing and suffering and lost. You will place a demand on us and then, Lord God, we need to be heroes for you. We need to be heroes for you in Jesus' name. Amen.